Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Well, hi, welcome back to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. And if you are new, I'm Bonnie LaFrac. Today we're talking about how to bust through, bust through, like the Kool-Aid guy, how to bust through stalls and plateaus in your weight loss, how to bust through, right? How to break the stalls and plateaus. So I'm going to do a little spoiler alert, and you could probably just turn off the podcast right after this. Here's the deal. You're always going to have stalls and plateaus. Always. It's like your body as a human body is not designed to consistently and constantly lose weight. Our human body does not prioritize weight loss. Our bodies can perceive losing fat mass as losing a valuable entity. And so when we do decide, right, we consciously decide to lose weight and we do all the things to lose weight, sometimes our bodies are going to slow that process down. That is normal. It is natural. It is to be expected. Okay. And so why I want to talk about this, and I'm going to, I am going to unwind it, right? And and go through some strategies that you can use. But I also want to set you up for success in this way so that we're not constantly quitting on our goals. We're not letting the stall or plateau make us think, it's not working. It's not going to work. I'm doing something wrong. This will never work. And it's okay if you do have those thoughts. I have those thoughts regularly about lots of things. We just don't let it go further than that. We could feel sad or disappointed or worried also okay. Part of being human is to have all of the human feelings, but not take the action from there. Not let it's not working and me feeling disappointed allow me to quit. Instead, how about I'm going to figure this out. And I think this is an important mind shift, a mindset shift that you might need to hear. Everything is figure outable. And I'm going to help you figure it out today, just like we were sitting together at a table or on a Zoom call. And we're going to go through all of the things to figure out what rock we haven't looked under to, I'll use the word diagnose or troubleshoot your weight loss or lack of weight loss. Okay. So with that being said, when I talk to someone and they feel like my weight's not moving. All right. Let's look at all of the things. We have a scale We could have a tape measure. We could have maybe body composition. If you're, if you're somebody who's partaken in a body composition scale or there's, you know, 
There's something called an in-body. There are a lot of different body composition tools, uh, photos, right? There's a lot of different data that we can look at along your journey. Now, if you've been trying to lose weight for three or four weeks, that's not going to be a ton of data to look at. I will say most people, when they decide to lose weight, usually the first week or two, that's when you notice that first initial drop. Often that is water weight loss from reducing calories, reducing carbs, reducing sweets and all of that stuff. Um, that's normal, that's natural, and that's okay. I don't care if it's water weight. I don't care what it is. I just know, right, we're getting a little bit of momentum. We can see, hey, I'm paying attention to what I'm eating. I'm paying attention to what I'm doing and it's paying off. Woo! And then, it, you know, our brains expect, well, I lost three pounds that first week or five pounds that first week or more. I've seen people lose nine or 10 pounds in a week, right? It's craziness. Um, but our brains think, oh, well, if I lost that much weight the first week, I should be able to keep doing that over and over. And that's not true. So I don't want to tell you not to have high expectations for yourself, for your weight loss, for your life, for your goals. I am all about the high expectations. I love, you know, setting really high goals for myself and then being okay when it doesn't happen even in the time frame that I thought I could make it happen. If you want to lose the, the last 10 pounds, the first 20, the first 50, 100 pounds, does it really matter the time frame? Really? If I lost 30 pounds, does it matter if it took me, you know, four months or six months or 10 months or 12 months? And I know <laughs> you're saying, yeah, I want, I want it gone now. But if you really think about how long did it take you to put that weight on? How long? Okay. So let's look at all the data you could have. How often are you weighing yourself? Are you weighing yourself every day or twice a day, waiting for the scale to go down and simply using the scale to dictate your journey? A lot of people do this. If this is you, that is okay. It's not, I'm not trying to shame you or call you out, but you're going to be on a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> emotional damage, as my kids would say, you're going to have a lot of emotions um, and not the good ones when we're just constantly looking to the scale to decide, how am I doing? Am I having a good day? Am I doing it right? What should I eat? What can I eat? What shouldn't I eat? Am I a good person? All of that, the scale becomes like the magic eight ball. <laughs> like I'm going to shake the scale and ask, am I, you know, doing it right and hope to get an answer. And if it doesn't give me the answer I want, if the scale doesn't go down, right, <gasps> right, that's a problem. So we want to look beyond the scale. Okay. If you do tape using a tape measure, right, I know super old school, but it's worth having, right? If you're on a weight loss journey, why don't we make it official? Why don't we get really serious here? Instead of just saying, I want to lose weight, I hope I can lose weight, I, I hope this works, I'm gonna try this. No, let's be serious. Let's actually take out a notebook. Let's actually record things. Let's record what we eat. Let's record our weight over time. Let's go ahead and put in our measurements. And measurements, you know, you're not gonna measure yourself every day and see a difference, but what if you did it every two weeks or every month and you did whatever, you know, you could measure your 
arm, you could do your thigh, you could do your calf, your waist, your hips, your chest. You could do whatever measurements you want and just be consistent with it. Obviously, there's going to be some inconsistencies if you hold the tape measure in a different place. Um, but by and large, you're going to at least get some benchmarks. Also, photos. I know you're probably bristling like, oh, I don't want to put those photos in my phone. But I just found out <laughs> from one of my current self-made clients that she'd been taking pictures all along and because she had been putting them in the hidden folder of her iPhone. I'm like, oh, iPhones have a hidden folder. I don't have to have all of my underwear and bra pictures just in my phone. So I would really focus on collecting more data. And I know sometimes photos, we take the photo and we don't like the photo. We take another photo. That wasn't a good one. Let me hold the camera like this. Let me hold it at this angle. That's not good lighting. That looks bad. So don't do that. Take it and go. No matter how good or bad the picture is, you're going to think it's bad. <laughs> That's just our human brains. I think we've already determined that. But I think collecting the data so that in a month, in two months, in four months, in a year, we have a lot of data to look at and we're not playing the blind archery game of why isn't my weight loss working? Why am I at a stall? How come it's at a plateau? How come I'm not losing weight? It must mean it's not working. Okay. So it's natural, of course, to think all those things, but we're going to actually collect the data. We're going to get serious about our weight loss and make it a real thing right? We're not hoping, we're not trying. I'm going to try it out and see if it works. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. So I would record all of that stuff. I would, I would record it. Next, let's actually look under all the big rocks, all the big rocks. Sometimes we look under small rocks, right? We, we think our weight loss is, oh, I don't have the magic pill. Um, I'm not meditating in the morning. I'm not flossing with the right floss. Like we look at really minutia stuff and no, there's nothing about flossing your teeth that leads to weight loss, but maybe it does. Um, it certainly makes your mouth happy and your dentist happy as well. Let's look at the big rock called food, right? Food. If you want to lose weight and you're not losing weight and you feel like your weight loss is stalled, well, let's really look at food. Do you keep a food journal? Do you keep any kind of food log? How will we know exactly what we've been doing over the last four, eight, 12, 16 weeks? I would suggest a food journal. Again, because you're serious about weight loss and you want to see what is actually happening, right? You would. Just like bringing your car to a car mechanic, he's, you know, he or she is not going to just guess wildly at what the problem is. They're going to open, yeah, they're going to like open the hood of the car and they're going to look at all of the parts and all these cars now are, uh, have a lot of tech. So they're going to run diagnostics. They're not just going to say, Hmm, you know, try this, try that, uh, try driving on two wheels, <laughs> try driving with all the windows down, like just stuff that's just random. We are going to get serious and look at food. Let's ask the first question. Tell me about your food quality. I'm, and I get it. We can't always eat organic food. We're not all going to shop at Whole Foods. But overall, what's the food quality like? Or are you eating like a five-year-old? Do you eat Fritos every day? Do you not eat any vegetables? Right? What are you eating? And I think, I think it's 
you know, worth asking. Do I believe that you can eat Fritos and lose weight? I do. Do I believe that Fritos have any nutritional value? I don't. Processed foods, by and large, um, are empty calories. They provide no nutrition. That's what that means. And potentially um, could set you up for, you know, not having a great gut biome. Um, I'm sure bad bacteria, bacteria in our gut love to eat junk food. Um, and, you know, when we get in the habit of eating highly refined processed foods, they're very delicious and addictive. And I think it's a lot easier to make those less frequent. So look at the food quality. How about amounts of food? How much are you really eating? Do you need a food scale? I don't believe you do. Um, but I do think you want to be able to have an idea of how much you're eating, like eyeball it. Or are you eating all the right things, right? You're eating, uh, you know, the quality grass-fed beef and you're eating a lot of vegetables, but you're also using a lot of butter or using a lot of oil or getting seconds and thirds, right? Is that the problem is that we're eating too much food or we're eating highly caloric, you know, uh, butter and oil, things that add additional calories, but don't really add up to, you know, filling our bellies, not feeling full and, you know, eating a lot of oil. Um, you know, you could, you could, say that oil has some good properties, but oftentimes our oil is not the best quality. It's been cooked in. It's not going to, you know, you'd be better off supplementing with omega-3. So I would look at your food and not to be judgmental and not to be like, oh, look at all these things you're doing wrong, but to really be like neutral. Take the bird's eye view. Get awareness around what's really going on. Sometimes people will use macro trackers, but then not include bites, licks, tastes, extras. And so the macro tracking becomes useless data. Same thing with a food journal. You can make a beautiful food journal. It looks perfect. Everything, you know, looks just right, but you're not really being completely honest. And weight loss is about honesty, getting serious, taking ownership, full responsibility. Okay. And I get it. I know it can be, uh, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like, ah, you know, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to tell you, you do. You just have to own it. Okay. And it's okay if your weight loss is slow. Hopefully I'm going to say something today to you that is your big aha where you can go and employ a tool or a strategy to bust through that stall or plateau. And maybe it's as simple as being aware of the bites, licks, and tastes. Being aware that your food is, ra is radically different Monday through Friday than it is Saturday, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, right? Your weekend is like a, basically a third of your life. A lot of us could get away for, you know, for a big period of time, especially if you're just starting a weight loss journey, making a few changes works. But there's a saying, what got you to where, what, what's the saying? <laughs> there is a saying, something about what got you here won't get you there. It's about now refining the process or looking more closely or what do I need to change now that I'm here? 
If you're just starting your weight loss journey, in many ways, that's a little bit easier. Weight loss, you know, can be a little bit speedier, but if you've been at this a while, we're going to want to figure out, okay, what needs to happen now? What what do I need to tighten up, so to speak, right? If you've heard me speak before in other podcasts, I really do talk about tightening and loosening the plan. If you need to break through a staller plateau, what you're saying is, I need to tighten up somewhere. And we want to figure out what knob to turn. I know you might be a lot like me. I'm a shotgun approach kind of lady. I'm throw the kitchen sink at it kind of lady. Like if I get sick, I buy like 900 over-the-counter medications, literally. I buy everything. I, it's, I'll go to CVS and spend like $300 because I'm a big baby and woe is me and I have to not be sick and I have to try all the things. I have 9,000 bottles of supplements. I have everything. So I get it if you want to turn all the knobs, right? And that's what happens. Sometimes that's a problem because we don't know what works and what doesn't work and really narrowing down what is actually happening. Why did I hit that staller plateau? So food quality, food amount, maybe actually paying attention to how the food feels. Are you noticing that some foods make you feel bloated? make you feel nauseous, make you break out in hives, right? We want to look for clues as to what is happening with our food choices. So we have to be ultra aware. A food journal is key, okay? I and my coaches inside Self Made and Self Made Society, we really work with clients on planning the day in advance, right? So if you want to go and do that, that's great. It is a food journal, but it's just done in advance. It's not like, oh, well, I felt like having uh, some Cheetos, so uh, I ate them and then I put them in the food journal. It's more like planning the day. So if I don't want to have Cheetos and I don't put them in the plan, then I don't eat them. Does that make sense? Anyway, food, that's a big rock to look under with your plateau. And I also want to caution you to not reduce your calories too much. That I think happens a lot. We are too low calorie maybe to begin with, or we try, you know, we try to fast or starve our way um, through a plateau or a stall or whatever you like to call it. That doesn't work long-term. Again, your body does not want to, to do this. And the more we turn up the heat, so to speak, and we try to over-exercise and under-eat, our body is going to be like, oh, this bitch is starving us again. And we're going to slow shit down. This is why people will have things like a slow thyroid or I shouldn't say that. That's, that's a broad sweeping statement. But you, I know for a fact in my personal history, my days of hardcore dieting for bodybuilding shows, the amount of exercise I was doing compared to the food I was taking in definitely did a number on my hormones, right? And so I'm trying to keep you from creating a problem um, where there is not one, okay? So we want to really be sure that we're not reducing calories too much. I know it's very tempting, right? Because you want the weight loss, you want it now, the scale needs to go down, but, you know, does it stay down? right? Or are we always going to be chasing a number? Number two, of course, when we're looking at big rocks, I would consider exercise a fairly big rock and even just movement. 
Do you move in the day? Or are you like sitting all day and you don't have any movement at all? You have no get up from the desk and walk around. You're not, you know, going for a walk. You don't have any movement in your life. I would add exercise. I would get moving. I think, and you've heard me say this before, or if you're brand new, you haven't heard me say this, walking, walk, right? That would be my first, um, that's where I would go first. And I would also caution you for those of you who are just like me. If you think walking is good and you think, well, walking, then I have to walk five miles. I have to walk 10 miles. Like, no, um, we do, we just, you know, baby steps, right? Baby steps are steps. And looking to get probably 7,500 steps a day. 7,500 is where I would probably aim for. And then, you know, you could up it from there. Maybe you're looking for 8,000 steps a day. I know it's hard sometimes to get 10,000 steps a day. Um, and I don't think you necessarily have to do that. Strength training is a great place to look, right? If you're looking at why am I at a stall or a plateau and the strength training goes both ways. You could be doing too much. I've seen clients who, again, they try to out-exercise um, a stall. They try to use more exercise as a way to get faster, better results, and that backfires. They have a lot of muscle soreness. Uh, they retain a lot of water. They get injured. Their body is in a constant state of, you know, uh, high adrenaline or high cortisol. It does not, it does not work well. Too much exercise, especially when you're trying to push. Uh, heavy weights maybe to failure, or you're trying to do a lot of high intensity interval training and you're trying to do it every day. I think, you know, you're going to get better results with more measured exercise. So if I'm going to strength train and I'm doing no strength training, then it's baby steps. It's 10 or 15 minutes a day, two or three times a week. If you are somebody who does strength train, I probably wouldn't exceed 40, 45 minutes in a session right? Doing more is not always better. And you might see that this, this change, even though it seems counterintuitive, uh, will make a difference for you. We'll get the, we'll get, um, fat loss rolling for you because ultimately whatever the scale says, I know you're looking for fat loss. You're looking for a leaner body. You're looking for better body composition, regardless of what the scale says. If the scale said 200 pounds, but you were like a size two and ripped, is that really a problem? I know you're like, but that is a problem. Anyway, that's a, it's a different podcast. Um, so we have food, we have exercise. Has anything stuck out to you yet? Is there something you could do right now with just that information? Okay. No. Yes. Sleep. How about sleep? This is the one people, women especially, bristle at. Um, you know, because we're busy all day. We got so much to do. And by the time eight or nine o'clock rolls around, it's like, well, I certainly couldn't get ready for bed now. I have too much to do. Or I have to catch up on my shows. I need to relax. I need some me time. Well, how about take your me time and put your ass in bed <laughs> and read a book or watch Blue Bloods in bed like I do like normal people. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I don't think normal people do that, but I do that. Anyway, um, try to set a regular bedtime. I know it won't always work, but just like for kids, you don't let your kids stay up to midnight because they need some me time, right? They need to like watch more SpongeBob SquarePants. It's like, you need to go to bed. I'm telling you, if you nail sleep, you're going to 
help yourself in so many ways, right? You've probably already noticed on nights you do not sleep well, the whole next day you have a foggy brain, you need tons of caffeine, you crave carbs. Long-term lack of sleep is a problem. If in the short term here and there, I get it, it's going to happen. But if we can change sleep, we're going to notice a lot of health benefits. And this might be the one thing that needs work. Do you need something to help you go to sleep? And I'm not talking like some kind of prescription medicine, but there's plenty of things, magnesium and melatonin and um, GABA. There's all kinds of supplements that are natural that you could find to help you go to sleep and stay asleep. Uh, number four, water. I know these, some of these are just not sexy. Water. Do you drink water? Okay. How much water? I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> My watch is talking. Um, I think for most women, probably half a gallon a day is reasonable. Could you drink more? Sure. Do you need to? Probably not. Um, unless you are a really sweaty person and you lose a lot of fluid, um, I think most people probably do well with half a gallon. If you're like nowhere near that, that's fine. Add eight ounces, you know, and every week try to increase that, right? Baby steps on this. Okay, now I'm going to get to two of the bigger ones, right? I know sleep and exercise, wah, wah, wah. Nobody, wa nobody wants to work on those. I shouldn't say that. A lot of people will tell me, I'm going to, like, my goal is water. Okay, your goal is water. Water's the biggest thing for you because the other things require decisions, right? So sleep and water to me are basics. That's like, like with a baby, right? Ba think about a baby. What are basics for a baby, right? You obviously have to feed the baby and the baby has to sleep. Baby needs clean diapers. That's pretty much it. So I look at that as basics. Nail those. Don't even, I, I think it should be, I shouldn't even mention them again in a podcast. Okay. Food and exercise. That's usually where our brains go and usually not in a good way. Usually it's less food and more exercise, but I want to look a little bit deeper. Okay. What kind of food are you eating? How much are you eating? Do you know what you're eating? Do you really know? Do you have a good accounting of it? Right. Would your, would your accountant or bookkeeper go with your record, right? Or are you going to get a letter from the food IRS? <clears throat> it's tax season. Anyway, um, I think there's two that you might not have considered, okay? Two things you may not have considered when looking at busting through your stall or plateau. That is your gut, right? How healthy is your digestion, your gut Right. And some of it we don't know because I can't see my gut and probably not. And your doctor isn't necessarily going to uh, test your gut bacteria. But you can run a couple questions by yourself. Like how how is your digestion? Do you have good bowel movements daily or regularly? You know, by good, I mean like well-formed ones. Yes, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking poop on the podcast today, right? We want to take a look at our gut. Or do you have a lot of gas, bloating, indigestion? Do you take Tums every night, right? We want to look at this because this is a big indicator that you, you are not digesting food very well. And the problem with that 
is that it could mean you are not actually absorbing nutrients from your food, which like leaves your body in a state of feeling like it doesn't have enough to eat. It can be a problem for the hunger hormones when we are not digesting our food. We don't have the right gut bacteria. We're experiencing gut dysbiosis, right? We are, we could have leaky gut, right? Where our bodies are perceiving that regular food is a foreign invader. Um, and more and more, this is happening. We, you know, kind of live in this toxic society. And, you know, if you've taken antibiotics, have you actually gone and then replenished your gut bacteria? Have you, um, you know, have you given any thought to taking a regular probiotic? Do you use any fermented foods? Do you pay attention to how certain foods feel in your body? What foods give you diarrhea? What foods give you cramps, right? What food works best for you? This is important. This could be one of the reasons that you are having a lot of cravings and that weight loss is slower for you. It has been shown in studies and data around gut bacteria that obviously the more weight we have to lose, the more chances that we have some type of irregularity in our gut bacteria. That makes sense. You know, when we overeat and we overconsume and we have too much fuel on board, we're not processing that fuel, it puts a heavier burden on our digestive system. So I would really start to use your food journal to make some notes and to take note of what is happening. Some of my clients will on their own figure out, you know, every time I use protein powder, I get, you know, gas or diarrhea. Okay, well, we should probably take that one out. And I would go three to five days and see. Maybe it's a particular powder. Maybe there's something in it that is not agreeing with you. Maybe it's whey protein that doesn't agree with you. Maybe you should try a plant protein. Maybe it's the sweeteners, right? Maybe for a lot of us, it's just things we eat all the time that our body decides not to like because our uh, gut has um, some permeability, right? That's leaky gut essentially. So things like eggs, things like chicken, things like soy. There's a lot of, um, oftentimes it is a protein type of food. Um, simply taking the food out and giving yourself three to five days is a great test. Um, if you are having significant trouble with your gut, then I would absolutely talk to your doctor. You might need a functional uh, medicine specialist, other people that could be helpful. Um, there are acupuncturists and chiropractors who also specialize in helping people um, just repair their gut. Okay. So it is worth doing is repairing your gut. And if you feel like, oh, this might be me, it is hard to lose weight, right? Makes sense. It's hard to lose weight if your gut is not functioning optimally. I don't make this a science or medical-based podcast on purpose, so I'm not going to go into details about specific types of uh, probiotics or specific strains of bacteria. The World Wide Web is filled with great information. You obviously, you know, if you're already my client, you know how to reach me. Um, but in self-made society and self-made, we talk about all of these things too, right? You can get help in managing all of these different facets because when our gut is not optimal, then we're also looking at hormone imbalance, okay? Um, and speaking of hormonal imbalance, uh, one of the things kind of overlooked um, are injuries, especially chronic injuries, um, even acute injuries, anything that is probably causing inflammation in your body over time. 
um, uh, in speaking to some of my clients, um, you know, it came out that some of them are, you know, they've had a knee problem for a long, long time and they just haven't had it checked out. And I get it. You know, we start to work around injuries or limited mobility or, you know, we start to um, just ignore it. Right. As women, we're so busy. We make the dentist appointments for the kids and the doctor's appointments. And we do, you know, we take the dog to the vet. And yet we, of course, (laughs) don't take ourselves to the doctor. We don't get the aches and pains checked out. We don't attend to our injuries, whether that is going to a physician, an ortho, acupuncturist, massage therapist, chiropractor, functional medicine person, like there are a lot of different practitioners out there. But if you're in pain, chronic or recurrent pain, I would get that looked at. I would, you know, I'm not going to say that every injury is creating tons of inflammation, but it's probably creating some inflammation, right? And inflammation um, has your body, you know, create, you know, holding on to water, Um, that's why like when you work out in the gym and you get very sore sometimes, um, you will probably weigh a little bit more on those days that are, you are sore. So again, often uh, breaking a stall, right. Or a plateau sometimes is really just sort of that, um, you know, it's sort of the mental weight of a weight loss goal. It is, there's some mental weight, right. Is sort of breaking through this idea of your past, your past diet history, what's happened in the past, because it's very easy for your brain to present to you, oh, this is what happens. I always get to this weight and then I can't lose more weight. I'm a slow loser, right? All of this stuff. So we want to sort of prepare, you know, our brain to be like, you know what, we can, we can bust this plateau. We can, we can figure out What is one thing that I can do that is a little bit different than something I have been doing? Again, I know you're probably going to want to do all the things, um, but just keep a record of what you do and then you can start to, you know, be more strategic. You can analyze, you could be more neutral and less emotional in making decisions. When we are eating or working out or doing the things from a place of fear, from a place of frustration, from a place of disappointment, from worry, from all of these places of it's not working, we tend to um, just make a lot of little, um, you know, these sort of drastic attempts, right, to withhold all the calories and I'm going to fast for 24 hours or I'm going to do something that is not a sustainable lifestyle, or we just quit. And, you know, to me, neither of those seem like good options. So before we end today's call, right, it's a podcast, to before we end today's podcast, think about what you could do if you feel like you're at a stall or a plateau. I had a client tell me, you know what, maybe there's no such thing as a stall or a plateau. I'm like, even better. What if you're not at a stall or a plateau? What if this is just normal weight loss, right? This is how weight loss goes. Again, our body does not prioritize weight loss. And so, so what, right? What if, what if every month I lost two pounds, right? What if every month I lost three pounds or four pounds? I know we all want to lose 10 or 15 or 20 pounds a month, but so what if we don't, right? What's, you know, if, if I'm making this, a weight loss lifestyle. I'm creating a body that I like 
and the lifestyle I like and that I could keep up with and make sense for, for my schedule and, you know, who I am as a person, then really, what if there are not any stalls or plateaus? What if this is just part of the journey that there's going to be times when the scale does not move? And it doesn't mean necessarily that I'm not changing, which is why I think photos and tape measure really work well. You could be having body composition changes that don't show up on a scale. You could also be having other changes that don't show up on a scale, like you do sleep better, that you are drinking more water, that you are going on walks, that you are taking care of yourself, that you do feel better about yourself, that you're building your confidence because you're spending time working on yourself, right? Body composition, you've seen it before, they'll show a picture of sometimes it's just two women. Um, sometimes it's multiple women and they'll show them all at the same weight and they all have drastically different bodies Or you'll see a side by side of before and after where the woman weighs the same or even more, but her body looks drastically leaner, right? So what if the scale is not the be all end all? What if we could have faith that if I focus on doing the things, right? Taking care of myself, focusing on eating when I'm hungry, not eating when I'm not hungry, if I plan my food, if I can just focus on doing the things, then what difference does it make if the scale goes down? Weight loss plateaus and stalls are just to be expected. They are. Okay. So you have homework, right? You have things to work on. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on Facebook, Bonnie.Lafrac and on Instagram at Bonnie Lafrac. Tell me how you're doing. Tell me if something you got from the podcast is working for you, right? Or if you need more help, I'd love to talk to you about self-made or self-made society. You can find all of that information in the show notes, and I will see you next week. Make it a good one. Thank you so much for tuning into Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.